Welcome to you wherever you are at, whomever you're with. We are so very glad that you are here with us for a few moments this weekend. Before we jump into our teaching, we'd like to invite you, if you haven't done so already, download this absolutely free uh, Bible app called the Version. It's uh, filled with all kinds of wonderful resources. You can find a complete set of notes uh, for this teaching simply by going to events, search for Arlington FM, and uh, there you can follow along with us. Well, uh, speaking of great resources, if you haven't yet discovered our podcast, uh, when you're on your podcast player, just search for Arlington FM Church, and there you will find all of the content uh, from our current and past series. Well, I want to begin this message with a question. Uh, have you ever purchased anything that didn't do what it was supposed to do? Anybody out there uh, ever bought anything that didn't do what it was intended to do? And uh, I think probably many of us are recounting right now the many things that fill our garage our homes uh, that we bought thinking they would do one thing, uh, whether it was lose weight or add hair, you can probably guess which one of those I'm more inclined to, uh, that just didn't deliver the goods when promised. Uh, uh, you know, things that don't work the way they're supposed to can be really frustrating. Uh, I had a car that I was needing to sell and I didn't really need it uh, as my primary vehicle, but the dash lights uh, just wouldn't go off. Uh, every warning sign that was embedded within those dash lights would pop on at random times. So I took it to the garage, and he says, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll look into it. Because I need, didn't need the car back right away, uh, it actually sat there for almost a year. <laughs> and uh, after 11 months of him tinkering with it, uh, he called me one day, and he says, yeah, your car's all fixed. Uh, come and pay me your thousand plus dollars, and uh, you're good to go. So I went, uh, paid my bill, got in my car, drove off the lot, and guess what? All the dash lights came on. <laughs> you know, talk about frustrating. We don't like it when things that should work uh, don't work the way they're supposed to. Uh, I knew someone who worked for a large organization on the computer uh, systems uh, side of things, and uh, this organization bought a very expensive uh, piece of software and it was guaranteed to give them instant access to all their organizational data and that, that they would be able to make informed decisions as never before. It was turnkey, ready to go, just upload it. Well, uh, after they spent a quarter of a million dollars and several years trying to upload it, uh, it just became uh, part of the backdrop of their menu items that they never used. Well, uh, today's message is called When Faith Works. And it uh, takes into account this reality that faith doesn't always work the way it's supposed to or the way that we think it should. You know, uh, Jesus said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, get up and be cast into the sea and it will happen. Well, what do we do when it doesn't happen? Uh, and so we're going to look over the next few weeks about the kind of faith that actually works and uh, begin with this uh, point of reality. You know, a lot more people uh, in our country believe than you might think. In fact, a recent survey said that 90 to 95% of Americans believe in God. Uh, I saw a few weeks ago, uh, some politician was uh, running on a platform of being an atheist and that was kind of his, his banner truth is, uh, 
I'm an atheist, and uh, I'm calling all you like-minded people out there to support me. Well, I'm going to venture a prediction. That guy's not going to win, <laughs> not, not in a country where 90 to 95% of the people uh, claim to believe in God. Uh, 58%, according to this research, uh, believe in God as God is described in the Bible. And about the same percentage uh, actually believe, 6 out of 10 actually believe that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. Uh, that's an amazing uh, statistic when you think about it. In fact, here's a statement that probably will surprise you. The majority of Americans say that they have made a commitment to Jesus Christ. Uh, six out of ten people uh, said, at one point in my life, uh, I committed my life to Jesus Christ. And most of those people still claim that that is important to them, that that commitment to God as revealed in Jesus matters in their lives. And as these researchers sifted uh, through all this uh, the data that they had accumulated, they made this uh, one uh, pretty significant observation. Here's what they had to say. Uh, this impressive number begs the question of how well this commitment is expressed. In other words, how it's being lived out. As much of our previous research shows, Americans' dedication to Jesus is, in many cases, a mile wide and an inch deep. That's quite a statement that uh, according to what people profess to believe about God and about Jesus, uh, it appears that their commitment is a mile wide and yet a uh, very surface level, only an inch deep. Well, uh, Jesus taught about the different ways that people experience faith, uh, about the different uh, expressions of faith, and whether or not faith actually works for them as it's intended to work. In fact, in Luke's Gospel, uh, we're told that crowds, multitudes of people were beginning to notice Jesus. They were beginning to uh, express faith in him. You might say that uh, Jesus' Instagram account was blowing up. Uh, anything he posted on TikTok was going viral. And uh, in this uh, setting, uh, Jesus addresses the way that people experience faith. Here's what Luke says. Uh, While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town. They were literally emptying the towns and, and joining the throng uh, to follow him. He told them this story. Uh, he's beginning to teach them now. He says, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And uh, in this story, this parable, uh, Jesus uh, is talking about the way we, we do faith. And he likens it to a farmer who goes out to sow his seed. He said that some seed falls on the hard path and uh, nothing really happens. It gets trampled on and the birds eat it up. Uh, you might say hard ground. The, the next soil is called rocky ground. And Jesus said uh, the seed fell there, uh, the plants came up, but they withered because there was no moisture in the soil. And then he, he depicts a third type of uh, response. He said some seed fell among the thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Uh, so you've got hard ground, dry ground. Here you've got a bad setting uh, for the seed to grow. And then fourthly, he says, still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, yielded a crop 100 times more than what was planted. Well, after the fact, uh, the uh, disciples, those who were really dedicated to Jesus, came up and asked him 
They said, what's the deal with the gardening story? What are you trying to say uh, to us and to those multitudes who are beginning to believe in you? And then uh, this is, was the response that Jesus gave them. He said, this is the meaning of the story or the parable. The seed is the word of God. And, and the word of God would be the expression of God, the truth about God, the essence of God, the reality of God. So Jesus said, this is a story about what happens when God shows up in people's lives. And uh, here's the amazing truth to kind of ease into this, is God does show up in our lives through the person of Jesus Christ. And that's, a, that's an amazing and wonderful reality. And so uh, Jesus is trying to describe uh, how people deal with that, how they respond to it, what faith looks like for them. You know, I had a, a, a job that I've shared with some of you. Uh, I took a term off of college, get ready for my wedding, and I went to work at a furniture store. And uh, during those several months when I worked there, uh, I was very aware of the fact that this was a strategic placement for me as a young follower of Christ. And uh, I, I lived out loud, you might say. Uh, everybody there was aware that, uh, became aware uh, that I had faith in Christ, uh, that I cared about people, my coworkers. And, and I would say this, I know very well that I wasn't preachy, uh, had no interest in that. In fact, that hadn't uh, become a part of my identity. Uh, I simply loved God, believed in Jesus, and, and lived as though that were true. And uh, as I look back at my brief time there, uh, so many of my coworkers, I had conversations with them about their faith, their response to God, uh, their need for God, uh, their desire for God. And uh, the truth is, uh, God does show up in our lives through the person of Jesus. In fact, uh, I wanna mention a book I'm gonna mention at the end of this message. It's called simply kind of an odd title, God Nods. And it's a kind of a fable, a story, an imaginary story about what happens when Jesus shows up at work through people. And it's a wonderful depiction of the reality that Jesus said, if you'll go out into all the world and reach people, I'll be with you even till the end of the age. Well, what, what do we do? What kind of faith response when Jesus steps into our lives really works. Well, that's what this story is about. And so Jesus now explains the four types of soil. The first one, the hard path. Here's what he says, Luke 8, verse 12. Those along the path, the ones who hear, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And uh, so here's the first reality. Many people, even those 90% of God-believing people in the good old U.S. of A, when, when Jesus steps into their lives, when the word is planted, there's no receptivity whatsoever. There's no interest. It's just a, a hard, unreceptive response to the presence of Jesus stepping into their lives. And now here's the creepy thing about this response to God through the person of Jesus. When that's our reaction, Jesus said there's an evil, slimy personality involved in our heads that takes away the word so that we can't believe 
and be saved. And I don't like that uh, truth, but if it comes from the mouth of Jesus, it's real. It, it reminds me, if you watch the Super Bowl, there was an Apple phone commercial where a lady's standing at the top of the stairs, and uh, she opens the doorway to her basement, and she hears this really creepy voice down there saying, help me, help me. And uh, if that's me, I'm getting out of there. But she starts to step toward it. And, uh, you know, Jesus said when, when Jesus steps into our lives, when the word of God is sown, when we experience the revelation of God through Christ, uh, if there's no reaction, no receptivity, no openness, that somehow the devil's involved in that, uh, you know, sowing thoughts in our minds like, don't need this. Better off without it. In fact, I see people who are into the Jesus thing, and it's not what I'm about. And uh, there's no, re well, he gives a second uh, reaction, a different kind of soil. He said, then there are those on the rocky ground. They're the ones who receive the word with joy. And when they hear it, uh, but they have no root, there's no depth. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. And so, uh, Jesus describes the second reaction of faith, and that is uh, there's, a, there's an initial response. There's a spiritual buzz. You know, there's something uh, that feels good about having faith now, about uh, becoming spiritual. It's almost like I'm no longer only about the mundane. I've become transcendent, uh, and it's good for a short time. But then Jesus said, uh, when this type of response uh, encounters difficulty, it falls away. There's almost a reaction of, I didn't sign up for this. This isn't what I had in mind. Uh, I remember uh, once trying to plant some azaleas uh, along our sidewalk in our driveway. I thought, well, this will look really nice. And I uh, got some really healthy azalea bushes. I did a whole row of them along the sidewalk, along the driveway. Took about a week for them to die. What happened? They weren't planted in the right kind of soil that gave them a chance of thriving. Uh, well, uh, Jesus describes a third type of soil uh, that the revelation of himself steps into. He said, this is the seed that fell among the thorns. Uh, and it stands for those who hear. Uh, they believe there's a response to Jesus. They would be out of those six of ten who said, I've committed my life. To Jesus Christ they hear, but as they go their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not flourish. They do not mature. Uh, you know, there's a, a psalm in the Old Testament where the psalmist prayed, God, give me an undivided heart so that I might worship you, that my life might be a living, a joyful response to you. Well, this condition of heart is the opposite of that. Uh, rather than an undivided heart, uh, Jesus describes a heart that is so cluttered and so filled with non-essential things that the one thing that could allow our lives to soar, it gets choked out. There's no room for it. I'm reminded of an encounter Jesus had with two sisters, uh, Martha and Mary, and uh, as he came to their home for a meal, we're told that Martha was anxious and troubled about many things, whereas Mary sat at the foot of Jesus receiving from him. And uh, this is kind of 
what Jesus is describing, that sometimes uh, faith is choked out because it's planted in the midst of so many other cares and concerns. Uh, well, um, then he, he gives the fourth type of response, the fourth soil. We've got the hard ground. We've got the rocky soil. We've got the thorns and the weeds and the thistles. And then fourthly, uh, Jesus says in verse 15, but the seed on good soil, uh, this represents those with a noble and a good heart who hear the word, they retain it, and by uh, persevering, uh, they live it out, uh, they cling to it, uh, they produce a crop. Uh, there's some release of the life of God in ways that they never could have imagined. Uh, you know, um, there's something amazing that happens in our lives when faith is real, when it engages with the realities of life. In fact, I would say part of what Jesus is teaching in this story, this little parable, thinking back to the throngs, the mobs, the nine out of 10, the six out of 10 that have committed their lives to Christ. Here's the truth that Jesus puts in front of us. A lot of faith in God and belief in Jesus doesn't work. It isn't working. And uh, it's not because Christ isn't real. It's not because God hasn't made his generosity and abundance known. It's something about the conditions in which uh, that truth is received. Uh, and, and maybe, uh, here's a good uh, check your own pulse uh, moment. Uh, if someone were to ask you, uh, how is faith working for you? What would you say? You know, how's that working for you? And uh, maybe a good way to look at it is uh, what happens when faith is working uh, in our lives? What, you know, what does that look like? Well, Jesus said, uh, as we mentioned, if you have faith, all things are possible. So when faith is really working, the obstacles become opportunities. We begin to become optimistic people filled with hope and expectation because we realize that the God of all creation has stepped into our lives and awakened faith in us. Uh, Jesus said, fear and uncertainty gives way to confidence and trust. Uh, when the, you think of that scene where the disciples were with him uh, in the raging storm at sea, he's asleep in the bow of the boat, and uh, they're freaking out. They wake him, they say, Lord, don't you care? We're going to drown. And he stills the water, calms the wind, and then he asks him this important question, where's your faith? Because the implication is, if their faith was working, they wouldn't have been freaking out. Even though they were going through a challenging time, they would have had confidence in God. See, faith that works produces all kinds of healthy things in our lives. It, it replaces our pessimism with optimism. It replaces our fears with confidence. It replaces our weakness with strength. And really, we're allowing faith is the doorway that allows the abundance and the resource and the reality of God to flood in to our very real circumstances. Uh, you know, uh, I think uh, here's another good reality check. Uh, when faith isn't working, uh, it would be a good thing to look at ourselves and, and ask ourselves the question, uh, you know, is there something I'm doing that's uh, a bottleneck for faith? 
Is there some way I'm responding to God that is limiting what God would like to do in my life? You know, I, I think sometimes if we'll open the hood of our lives a little bit and look inside, we may find that the conditions Jesus described in this story actually exist in our own hearts. I know many times when I look up under the hood of my faith, I'll see that my heart has become hard or my motives have become mixed. It's no longer only about living obediently to Jesus Christ and honoring him. Now I've got a mixed bag of interests and agendas and religious complexities, or I may find that my interests are divided, uh, that uh, whereas once I had a heart that was open and receptive and made a great place for the presence of Jesus, now he's been relegated uh, to a little corner or a closet. Uh, I had a friend once who uh, ordered a load of barco mulch to be delivered uh, to his house. In fact, he asked his wife if she would call the company and place the order. If she didn't know what size, she just said, do send us your biggest truck. And uh, he put out a little six-by-six six square of bisqueen, and the, the mulch was to be dumped on that. And uh, as he was in the kitchen with his wife, the truck pulled up, and it was a big semi. And he saw the, uh, the back coming up on the hydraulics at full mass. And he said within an instant, his little six-by-six six square was overwhelmed with a mountain of beauty bark. You know, I think that's a good illustration that if sometimes if we'll look inside, we'll see uh, that we found a, we've cordoned off a little space for God to fill in our lives when he has so much more for us than that. So uh, here's some takeaways before I join you in a prayer and ask God to, to uh, enlarge, strengthen, enliven our faith response to his coming into our lives. Uh, number one takeaway, uh, maybe we need to open up to the truth about the conditions uh, of my own heart. Be uh, a little honest here. And uh, when you ask yourself the question, uh, how am I currently responding to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and the presence of God stepping into my life? Uh, here's what Jesus says about that at the end of his story. He says, look, no one lights a lamp and hides it under a clay jar, puts it under a bed. Uh, that's not why you light a lamp. Instead, you put it on a stand so that it can bring light and, and all those who uh, can come in and see the light. And see, there's a purpose behind the light of God coming into our lives. It's to make known what's there in our own hearts. Uh, he goes on. He says, for there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not, that will not be known or brought out into the open. What's he saying uh, you know, if, if there's things in our hearts that represent a, a resistance to God or a, a dry soil, a conflicted interests, uh, you know, whatever it is, whatever condition is limiting our response to the truth of God and Jesus Christ, uh, better to bring that out in the open uh, than to try to do life and, and manage around that heart condition. You know, over the holidays, I was surprised to hear that a friend of mine, uh, much younger than myself, uh, dedicated to taking care of himself other than some uh, inclination toward fast food occasionally, uh, but uh, over the Christmas break, uh, one night he found himself uh, feeling discomfort in his chest, and uh, it wasn't going away. 
He mentioned it to his wife, and uh, they reached out to their general practitioner, were able to contact him uh, in a phone call, and uh, as he spoke with his GP, he, he got this counsel, uh, have your wife take you to the emergency room right away. And he thought, emergency room? Uh, I'm healthy, I'm fit, <laughs> nothing going on inside of me, a little discomfort. He said, go to the emergency room. Uh, so they went to the emergency room. He said he looked around, he saw all these poor suffering people and thought, I'm glad I'm not like them. After they checked him out, uh, they came out and they said, uh, we're going to prepare you for surgery. He thought, what in the world? How is this happening? And uh, as they rushed him into surgery, uh, he later reports that they found uh, one of his main arteries was 99% closed. And uh, see, uh, now, a month later, uh, two months later, he is very, very happy that what was hidden came out into the light. I think of the words of the psalmist. Uh, prayed to God. He said, uh, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. If there's some way I'm responding to you that's resistant, if I'm not making a place for you, if there are things in my life that are squishing out uh, your wonderful presence in my life, then bring that to, to, out into the open. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way which is everlasting. And so uh, have an opportunity to acknowledge, uh, you know, what's really going on in the conditions of our response to God if our faith uh, isn't really working. Second, I would say this, uh, admit or acknowledge that the stakes are high. There's a lot on the table when it comes to uh, how we respond to the presence of Jesus. Uh, doing life without responding to his powerful presence is not a good option. And so Jesus had this counsel because there's so much writing on it. He said, therefore, consider carefully how it is you listen. Uh, consider, think about it. Uh, give some thought to it. You know, uh, analyze, critique, uh, ask your friends to help you. Consider carefully how you listen to the truth of God. Uh, Whoever has, Jesus said, uh, more will be given. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. That's a sobering reality. And uh, what Jesus is saying is uh, if, if we're responsive to his truth when he steps into our lives, if we get past that resistant place, that place where uh, rocky soil or our interests are divided, if we can process through those, and we respond to him when he steps into our lives, more will be given. We get on a positive track where our faith gets larger, more responsive. Uh, our expectations grow. Our confidence increases. We begin to believe and experience God in ever-widening circles in our lives. But Jesus says to the one who does not have, even what they think they have will be taken from them. You know, uh, most of us think we're better listeners than we really are. Uh, if you think that might be true of you, ask your spouse, ask your coworkers. Uh, most of us give ourselves more credit for listening well when we really don't. And uh, I see this invitation from Jesus uh, to really uh, ponder, think about, ask God to help us uh, know with clarity how we are currently responding to the presence of Jesus in our lives. Uh, 
going back to this good soil, uh, Luke 8, verse 15, Jesus said, uh, but the seed on good soil, uh, th this stands, when, when, when the word of God steps into their lives, this stands for those who have a noble and a good heart. Maybe you're thinking, well, that disqualifies me. That's not true at all. A noble and a good heart is just someone who's deciding to be honest. They're deciding to be truthful in their uh, assessment of their response to Jesus Christ, and uh, if we'll just uh, open up uh, to the truth and ask for God's help, uh, he will give us that noble and good heart. And those are those who uh, hear the word and they cling to it. We, we cling to the truth about what God has done through Jesus Christ and we experience, we persevere and produce a crop. Uh, our faith grows. We develop more hope, more confidence, uh, less despair, less insecurity. We experience more guidance from God, more of a sense of purpose, uh, more of every good thing coming into our lives through our response of faith to the revealed word of God in the person of Jesus Christ. Well, I want to invite you to join me uh, in a prayer. And uh, Father, we just want to thank you for this amazing truth that you do come into our lives. Uh, thank you, Jesus that you came uh, into the world, that you are the light shining in the darkness. And Lord, thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You come into our world, uh, much like that furniture store I worked at, Lord. Wherever someone believes in you, follows you, is open to your will, you show up in the lives of others. And Lord, we want to respond to what you taught today through this story. You said, consider carefully how you listen. And, and so we would do that, Lord. We would pray with the psalmist, search our hearts, God. Uh, let us know if we're of those people that, uh, you know, our hearts have become hard towards you or our motives have become mixed and, and suddenly our faith isn't about a response to your lordship. It's more about many things. Or maybe, God, we've just become uh, over-occupied with the stuff of life and, and relegated you to a very small corner of our lives. Lord, we, we don't want to have that response. We want to have a faith that really works, Lord, and liberates and frees and powers and strengthens and allows us to experience the living God. Uh, maybe as you're hearing these words, you're thinking, I really want that, but I've never really opened up to that. Uh, maybe up until this point, uh, you've been like that first soil when the truth about Jesus was, was came into your world. You found a way to dismiss it. It's for someone else, not for me, but uh, now you've got a different response. There's more of an openness, a receptivity. That's called faith. Uh, and I want to uh, plant that seed uh, with you, uh, give you a chance to express your own faith. Uh, you could do it simply by agreeing with this prayer. Uh, I'll pray out loud. You pray in your heart. Uh, Lord Jesus, uh, thank you for this story I've heard. Uh, thank you for uh, inviting me uh, to consider my response to you. Uh, and I want you in my life. I want to receive you. I want to be that person, Lord, who takes your word in and retains it and lives it out and experiences the life of God. And so, Jesus, uh, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for resisting you. Uh, thank you for the gift of faith. I open my heart. I open my life. Uh, Lord, uh, teach me what it means to be a new creation in Christ. 
from this day forward, uh, I'm a follower of yours, Lord. I'm one of those who believe, but I also want to receive and live in the truth of your word. I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.